What is going on, everybody? Episode number six of the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. I'm Wyatt Morrell. Joining me as always, Ryan Mitchell. About two full weeks into the season now, Ryan. Some things are starting to unfold. There's plenty to get to in this episode. Currently recording Sunday night, November 14th here. Got the Sunday night football game on in front of me as well. So if I'm a little distracted, that's why. But hey, I've got some fantasy implications, so give me a break. I'm sure you can relate, right, Ryan? Yeah, I got Tyreek Hill playing, so uh, I can absolutely relate to that. But my eyes are not on the Sunday night football game. I'm totally locked into this, I can say. so. I, I feel like you're throwing me under the bus a little <laughs> bit there with that sly comment. Oh, I get it, I get it. Don't worry, I'll still deliver like I always do. I'm ready to go. And like I said, there is certainly a lot to get to. I will say this right off the top, uh, and Ryan, obviously, as you know as well, there will be no guests for this podcast, but the next one, which will be released on, what would that be, the 25th, I believe, would be, or would it be the 24th? It'd be 24th. the 24th, yep. So this one that we're currently recording, of course, is going to be out. You'll be listening to this on Wednesday the 17th. The 24th, the following week, we're planning on a full slate of guests that we have lined up ready to go, so that'll be a good one. You won't want to miss that. But first things first, Ryan, we got some stuff to get into tonight. Why don't we start with our three storylines from a week ago? And I don't know if you have an order to go in, but I would say let's just start with the first one that we had, which was the 11 games for the men's side versus the Mayak. And of course, it ended up turning to 10, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But we wanted to see how the UMAC would compete and safe to say things maybe could have gone a little bit better this past week for the UMAC. Yeah, there wasn't a lack of opportunities, that's for sure, Wyatt. And starting off, we had that first matchup that we mentioned taking place this past Tuesday, Martin Luther falling to McAllister, and then plenty of more matchups from there. Lots of compelling games, Wyatt, things we could dig into, compelling matchups between the two conferences. And, you know, we'll get to the women's side of things as well a little bit later, Wyatt, as far as how they did against the Mayak, but a pretty strong showing all things considered, but some surprising results as well, some close losses for UMAC squads, but I think the overall reason for why we wanted to do this exercise, if you will, Wyatt, I mean, it's something fun to look at in the non-conference, yes, but to prove the point of what coaches have been saying on this podcast over the last multiple weeks, these leagues are a lot closer than people on the outside may think. They may seem like the big brother or the big sister to the UMAC, but the MIAC is really not that far ahead, if ahead at all, of the UMAC, really, when you look from top to bottom. So lots to chew on throughout all these matchups, for sure. Yeah, Saturday was kind of the big day, and North Central got the win versus McAllister. But other than that, I'm still talking about the men's side of things. It was all losses across the board. Bethany lost to St. Olaf, Martin Luther to Concordia, and then Bethel took down Crown, which we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on here. But, yeah, I mean, there were opportunities. They finished 3-7 and seven for their total to be 4-7 and seven, as Morris picked up a win earlier this year. So the men are 4-7 and seven versus the Mayak. The women are really holding things down so far. 6-2 and two is what we have, Matt. So in total, the UMAC still does have a winning record against the Mayak, so that is something worth noting at 10 and 9 and yeah certainly uh, something to keep an eye on there's plenty of opportunities this upcoming week as well these two conferences are going to be playing each other as the season moves along but the other reason though Ryan number two the second thing we were keeping an eye on the reason it went from 11 games to 10 is because Scholastica's return to the Erickson Center well and maybe not only got delayed but there's a good chance it might not even happen now unfortunately there were some issues with COVID 
They weren't able to play that game. From what we've heard, it's a little disappointing because it sounds like there could have been an opportunity to get those games in, and unfortunately it didn't happen. And it sounds like the women aren't even going to make that game up. So I don't need to tell you how disappointed I was. I was coming to the cities on Friday night when I found out. I mean, we talked about it over the phone. We said maybe we should have an emergency podcast to discuss it. And all things considered, extremely disappointing. And I think not only for us or the fans, but for the two programs as well, because I'm sure all those players were itching to get back on the court. Yeah, Wyatt, I'm glad you mentioned that. They're the ones that lose the most. You know, players on both sides for Scholastica and Northwestern are looking forward to lacing them up again. And Something that you really have to commend both schools for doing, even though they're not in the same conference anymore. Coach Gross and his staff have a great relationship with Coach Staniger and his staff on the men's side of things. And before Scholastica even officially left the conference, they had this thing squared away quite a while ago and saying, you know what, why can't we keep playing each other? We're going to switch off every other, if you will. Northwestern was going to host them this season. It may still happen on the men's side of things. We'll have to see on that. And then it goes up to Duluth the next year and keeps switching back and forth. And on the women's side of things as well, there's been some great matchups between those two clubs over the years. So really unfortunate, Wyatt. And, you know, we wish we could have been there to see the matchups, but I'm glad he mentioned obviously the players are the ones that lose out the most and something like that. And hopefully we'll be able to salvage something a little later on in the non-conference. But as he said, that's that's up in the air and still to be decided. I was going to ask, have you heard anything as far as moving forward? I mean, you would maybe know more than me being a little bit closer to Northwestern down there in the cities and me being all the way up here. I, I haven't heard much on it. Have you? There's there's some potential. I know they're working on getting something together potentially next month for the men to meet. But again, that's aligning both non-conference schedules. But last I heard, I know they're working on it and they want to play that game. And especially on the men's side of things, Wyatt, I mean, Some people may need to be reminded. I know you and I know, but they met last year in the UMAC final. Scholastica's final game in the UMAC conference is another loss to Northwestern in the postseason. But as we mentioned on the last episode, the last two times they've played in the Erickson Center, they've won and taken down Northwestern. So, you know, the Eagles are chomping at the bit to get them back in their building and win in front of their home crowd against those guys. So plenty of storylines coming in, and both those squads have virtually everything coming back from a season ago so hopefully that game gets played and again we hope the women's one does as well down the road but uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that tell me if this is an overreaction but to me what I could compare it to and my brother kind of agreed with me a little bit it was almost like when Gonzaga was supposed to play Baylor last year you remember that (laughs) number one and number two and then an hour an hour before tip-off which obviously this was canceled the day before but they say it's not going to happen. I mean, the disappointment from everybody was clearly visible, and it was just such a shock because everybody was so excited for that. This one's a little bit different, but can you kind of relate to what I mean when I say that? A little bit, yeah. I mean, the only unfortunate thing is we probably won't see Northwestern exactly. versus Scholastica on the last night of the season, yeah. Division well, Three. but you never, never, you never know. Never. Exactly. It, it could happen. I mean, both these teams are talented and could make a run in March. You never know, but... Yeah, exactly. And I go back to the relationship between the coaches. I mean, on the men's side that we're talking about, Wyatt, they've had so many battles that we've seen over the years, but there's still that level of respect from both sides. And they know how much they can gain from a non-conference matchup between those two clubs. Sure, from the outside, you can say, oh, it doesn't have as many stakes. It doesn't really mean that much if you don't get to play it. It's a great basketball game, and it's a great rivalry. And you've called in the past, Wyatt, so many different things, and maybe... 
calling it what have you said the most slept on rivalry in the upper midwest now you're just like putting me on the spot i don't even remember what i'm calling it i didn't know i had a bunch of different phrases for it i guess so anyway, my my point in saying all that is why the coaches want to get it done, the players want to get it done, and they're going to be the ones that hopefully can find a way to get that game on the schedule next month. Hopefully we'll see those two lace it up after all. One can only hope, like you said, nothing's 100%, kind of like how, hey, maybe it's not 100% that I won't come back and play a little ball this year in the spring. You just never know, all right? <laughs> you never know. Nothing is ever 100%. Moving on, the third one we had an eye on, Ryan, was the Superior Women's team. They had three important games this past week. Let's just say it could have gone a little bit better. Is it fair to question if the dynasty is, in fact, over or if there's a way they can kind of write this and move forward. It's a very tough schedule, and will that pay off for them down the stretch? And they'll be the ones looking back and saying, no, we knew what we were doing when we set this up to better prepare ourselves come March. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Wyatt. Three tough contests against three good Wyatt clubs, and unfortunately, as you mentioned, they're not able to come out on top in any of them. But could it be building them up for the future as they look forward to UMAC play a little bit later on? We'll have to wait and see on that. Maybe some more winnable games, if you will, coming up for them before we hit the end of the month. And Coach Otto Fisher and his staff have seen it plenty of times. They've been able to build up their clubs and get them playing really well down the stretch. But as we mentioned in our season preview pod, Wyatt, you question. Could the dynasty be over this year if yet again they can't win a contest in the UMAC tournament? A very important next couple of weeks before they have that UMAC conference opener, Wyatt. It won't be an easy ease into it, if you will, for them to open up conference play. Their conference opener on December the 10th will be hosting Bethany Lutheran in their building, and that's going to be quite the task to take down the Vikings. Yeah, see, you've already looked ahead and looked at the conference schedule. I haven't even gotten that far down the road. But, uh, yeah, there's certainly going to be opportunities and some exciting games to keep an eye on. So out of the three things we had, Ryan, I mean, you could argue all of them were, I don't want to say failures as lack of a better term, but the men's team uh, or the men's side, 3-7 and seven versus the Mayak. Scholastica doesn't get the chance to play Northwestern, and then the Superior women's team didn't have a great stretch either, so maybe some disappointments. I will say, as much as I like to say the UMAC's better than the MIAC, I don't know if I'd go that far as the as far as the WIAC goes in making that statement. The WIAC's a pretty good conference, so I'll maybe just leave it at that. But we can let that leapfrog us into the three things we're keeping an eye on this week, and I'll let you maybe take these ones. Yeah, starting off, Wyatt, plenty of uh, injuries that have came up, if you will, recently, and then absences as well for uh, certain squads that we're seeing throughout the conference. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier when we were reviewing some of those men's matchups with the UMAC versus the MIAC. One of them we were really keeping an eye on is this past Saturday, the matchup with Crown College heading on down to Arden Hills to take on Bethel in a matchup that we were really looking forward to why we talked about it in the last pod and some of the success that crowns had early this season trying to give bethel a test and looking like it could have been a really good game unfortunately crown was missing a handful of guys in their rotation unable to give it a go with some covid situations that they're dealing with in that program so that's something that we're gonna have to keep an eye on going forward Wyatt, because we heard some things from their coaching staff where they really, really liked their chances at Bethel in that matchup had they been 100%. And it's just another reminder, Wyatt. I mean, you and I talked about it. We're going to continue to stay positive and say we're going to have close to a normal season. But with some of these things that have flared up in just the last chunk of days, the last week, 
this thing isn't over yet and we got to keep moving forward and not shut everything down again we're not gonna you know get all political on this thing why but if you want to feel free well no but what, what i'm gonna spin this into Wyatt, is when we do have those big matchups when they deliver when there's fans in the stands when there's a buzz when there's energy enjoy it when the players step up enjoy take it take exactly. it in it's a blessing soak it in and really appreciate it when you have it because who knows what the future holds. We're going to be positive. We're going to say we're going to have games moving forward and we're going to get these things knocked out of the way, if you will. But it's just another reminder, just enjoy it when you have it because you never know when something could flare up. And again, we're going to stay positive. And I know I'm saying that way too much, Wyatt, so I'll stop with it right there. But unfortunate for Crown because I know they're so looking forward to that matchup and we can only hope, Wyatt, with this coming week and the next week to follow they get back to close to 100%, if not 100%, very, very soon. Shout out to the Crown team, by the way, for informing us, too, because they're, they're sending us DMs on Twitter, letting us know what's going on, and we need more of that from the rest of the schools in the UMAC as well. Free, feel free to get a hold of us. You can email us, uao, the UMAC at gmail.com, and then, of course, on Twitter, just search, unlike any other, the UMAC, and find us, because... That's the kind of information we're looking for, Ryan. So I thought that was kind of yep. cool that they reached out for us. And obviously, Carter Bainey has had a pretty decent start to the year for Crown. I've been in contact with him just knowing him going to the same high school and then my brother's buddies with him. So, yeah, feel free to reach out to us and, and stay in touch with us. But we'll keep an eye on that here moving into this week for them. And then there's some other ones, too, as far as injuries go, Ryan. Yeah, another one, Wyatt, where we don't know exactly if it's an injury or what the deal is but we've been looking at box scores throughout the season for bethany lutheran college and they've had an impressive start to the year but you and i have questioned could it be even better potentially we still haven't seen abby olsen in a box score we know she's back and the updated roster yep. her and hannah geisfeld are both listed as graduates coming back for that extra year she'd be the point guard and we haven't seen her in the box score yet. So again, if you're a Bethany supporter who's listening, or if you're not even a Bethany supporter, but you have a connection who knows and can tell us what's the current status of Abby Olsen, we'd love to know. Is she coming back at some point later on? Is it up in the air with an injury she's fighting back from? We'd really like to know as we continue to keep an eye on that situation. Guess we should ask Coach Garvin when we had him on the pod. I guess I mean maybe he would have known for us and let us know. I don't know how closely he keeps an eye on the women's team over there, but obviously at that time we weren't sure what the situation was or if it was a one-game thing. Because for instance, for Morris, Lexus Eagles chasing, she's back in the box score and she missed a game earlier this year as well. So sometimes we try to assume the best in that it's maybe just a one-game kind of thing. Could be a COVID thing for instance, and they're going to come back. But with Olsen especially, Ryan, now that it's been a consistent theme early in the season, it does make us wonder. So, yeah, feel free to let us know. And then one that we do know about on the women's side that's extremely disappointing has to do with Northwestern, and this will kind of maybe leapfrog us into our second point. But this injury for the Eagles, and I'll let you say the name because you were the one that told me first, but this is devastating for Northwestern. It's devastating for the player, and you can't help but just feel for that whole situation. Yeah, White. Uh, unfortunately for the Eagles, one of their leaders, one of their seniors on the club, Brooklyn DeCam, a couple weeks ago in practice had a serious knee injury and she'll be lost for the season, unfortunately, for Northwestern. And I didn't know about it until after their season opener at Hamlin. And I was just, you know, box score searching and talking with some people over at Northwestern about, you know, 
perceptions, insights on that opening game and what we took from it. And I just looked at the box score and I'm like, you know, something's not adding up here. There's normally some more stats from someone and something's missing. And then, you know, I come to find out that, you know, the past week she had, as I mentioned, that serious knee injury in practice. And so, you know, she's, I believe, only 40 or 50 points. She was really close to hitting a thousand points in her career, Wyatt. And really, we can talk a lot about her as a player, but all the things that happen outside of the lines, if you will, her as a leader, someone to look to for underclassmen, and just what she's meant to this program ever since stepping in. You and I watching her as a freshman going back years ago when you and I were both students at Northwestern Broadcasting Games. I mean, she's just been a stud for this program for a number of years. And, you know, we talk about getting things back to normal and the whole COVID situation and finally having a normal season. We look forward to that. You know, she was looking forward to it as well, Wyatt. The seniors for Northwestern want to put it all together this year, get to a UMAC championship, try to have some more success in the tournament and really finish off their careers at Northwestern with a bane. And before it really even gets started, it all stops for Brooklyn. So we can talk about all the basketball ramifications and we will talk about more of that in a moment but just prayers go out to her uh to the whole team and hopefully it's a speedy recovery but also a recovery that <laughs> takes place in due time for her and you know it's just a really unfortunate situation i'll just mention again why when we do have it when there are those great matchups when everyone's healthy and they are playing don't take it for granted because it's just another reminder in sports this is the tough side of sports this is always right around the corner. It can always happen. We see it all the time in all levels of sports, whether it's a non-contact injury or a freak accident. Whenever you lace them up and you're competing at that high of a level, Wyatt, you're putting your body on the line for something potentially like this to happen, and it's just really unfortunate when it does. And so really tough news for Northwestern. Yeah, and I mean, essentially when you look at what that means too is we kind of move forward into our second point maybe of what the – power rankings are for the women's this changes things drastically but also one thing I would say Ryan is the play I'm going to remember the most from Brooklyn I wasn't even at the game I think it was her freshman year the game winner against Scholastica you were there calling it with Caleb Sowers Sowers and I courtside yep isn't that crazy to think about that was her freshman year and now now we're here so it is really just disappointing but that'll probably be the thing that sticks out the most as far as her as a player goes was that moment and uh, it's too bad she's not going to be playing for Northwestern the rest of this year, but we'll see how Coach Call's group responds. But with that, does this change things up at the top? I mean, I know for you, you've thought about this, and there's maybe some restructuring and things to consider now moving forward in the women's side of things for the UMAC. Yeah, we mentioned wide in the season preview for the women's side of things that it kind of felt like Northwestern, Bethany, and North Central, and really no particular order were at that top tier. Those three would be Vine. For the UMAC title this season, they all tied at the top in the regular season last year. We know Bethany won the tournament title, but with the Eagles losing to Cam, I think you can probably put Bethany and North Central at a notch above Northwestern at the moment in that tier one, if you will. And then I put the Eagles down a notch in that tier two right now. And it's not to say that later down the road in those matchups against North Central and Bethany, they can't compete with them and can't be near the top of the standings, but it's going to cause other people to have to step up. I mean, we can look at the small sample size we have right now. Again, a reminder, we're recording this on Sunday night, the 14th. So when this drops on Wednesday, November the 17th, the Eagles will be playing that night, but it'll only be their second game of the season. So the opener they had against Hamlin, Kelsey Lund, another senior on the club, 
leading the way with 24, doing what she does, getting to the line a lot. And then Megan Roberts, a fantastic game for her, another senior on this club with a double-double, 19 and 10. And then, you guessed it, Wyatt, another senior was the last player in double figures, Haley Pop, just missing a double-double with 10 points and nine boards. Those three are going to be massive. And hopefully for Northwestern, they can stay healthy. They can keep producing. They can play big minutes. I mean, Megan and Kelsey hardly even left the floor in that game. They're going to be counted on even more from a leadership standpoint, from carrying the load, scoring, distributing, really all factors with this team. But then other players are going to have to step up. And again, I'll try to keep this as brief as I can because another caveat, we said it before, Wyatt, I'll say it again. We know the most about Northwestern because we've watched them for the longest and we've been the most involved with that program. I will say, Coach Call and his staff and people at Northwestern have raved about this freshman class this season. One of the best the Eagles have had in a number of years. Players that they hope can step up, fill bigger roles, step into bigger shoes. And we hear the term in sports a lot, Wyatt, but I think it applies here. Grow up a little bit faster. You always want that easy and in process for players who are new to a program. But they're going to ask them, okay, we're going to ask you to do a little bit more, a little bit sooner than you anticipated. And I mentioned the three at the top who are seniors. There's more upperclassmen on the roster as well. There's Allison Ide, there's Grace Lane made. So there's plenty of experience on this club that's been there before, was part of the national runner-up squad last season. So it's not all is lost for Northwestern. It's just there's going to have to be more answers, if you will, from other players than maybe weren't anticipating stepping into big roles that they're going to have to now this season to carry the load for Northwestern. Well, we have a new feature we're going to be adding later on here, and uh, let's just say to give you a heads up, I won't spoil it yet for anybody, but uh, you might want to consider what we just talked about because I might uh, test you with a question or two there regarding that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. But before we get to that, we got a few other things to get to. But first, the third storyline going into this week, and – Ryan, why don't you take this one away as well? Yeah, big opportunity coming up here for UW-Superior on the men's side of things. We talked about their women's squad last week. A couple big-time matchups for Coach Polkowski's club this week, Wyatt, as I pull up the schedule here for them. The day this is going to drop on Wednesday the 17th, a showdown against St. Scholastica, a very previously, not too long ago, former member of the UMAC playing at the Saints. I think that's a very winnable game potentially for Superior. And then another matchup against the Mayak Club, also on the road against the Cobbers of Concordia. That one taking place on Saturday afternoon, a club that's already played multiple UMAC teams so far this season has been beaten by a couple of UMAC clubs. So for Superior on the men's side of things, Wyatt, a big bang to start the season, a convincing win against Finlandia and a couple losses that they've had now in their last couple games where offense has been a little bit harder to find. Mason Ackley didn't start in the lineup to begin the season. He seems to be back now and good to go. His first game of the season was this past Saturday, I believe, in their loss to St. Norbert. That three-headed monster at the guard position, Walker, Vogel, Ackley. You were talking them up somewhat, Wyatt, coming into the season in the men's preview. I had some questions about what they're going to get from their posts. But I think it all starts and ends for the Jackets with Vogel, Walker, and Ackley. And we're going to get a really good vision, if you will, for the future of this club based on the results that we see this week for Superior. So looking forward to seeing how they do in these matchups this week. That's a big week. I I have Concordia. They've beaten Martin Luther, and then they lost to Morris. I don't know if you have another one in there, but 
So one and one, and and so kind of against two teams that are right in that mix, kind of in the middle is what we kind of think with Superior. So it's a big game, and like you said, also against Scholastica, what are we going to see from them? And yeah, I've liked what I've seen so far. Walker was leading the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio after the first game with, I think it was like 13 or something he had. I mean, just a ridiculous stat line in that first game. But no, yeah, this is a big week for Superior. Definitely worth keeping an eye on. And uh, yeah, I mean, the women's team didn't capitalize last week. Let's see if the men's team can capitalize this upcoming week. Why don't we go into our you have our attention. And Ryan, there was two specific players that kind of stole the show this week and had some pretty spectacular performances. I mean, almost you basically can say once in a lifetime for at least one of them. The other one maybe is a little more used to doing this, but... Why don't you give them a shout-out because they are more than deserving of it. Yeah, both of them, Wyatt, taking place a week ago, Wednesday the 10th. Crown hosting St. Scholastica on the women's side of things. The whack was rocking, the home opener. And the first game for Leah Zabla, new head coach at Crown College. And they started off with a bane, and it's all headlined by their guard, Dominique Urbina. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The junior out of California, you have officially caught our attention. Wyatt, opening night, breaking the school record, dropping 45 on Scholastica, only left the floor for two minutes, 16 of 21 from the field, 2 of 2 from downtown, got to the line a lot, 11 of 15 from the charity stripe. Oh, she also led the way in the helper department with six assists and then chipped in six boards as well in a pair of steals. I mean, what did she not do in crowns 85 to 76 victory? Congrats to her. Congrats to the crown program. And from everyone I talked to and a couple connections at crown Wyatt, that was an absolute shock. Nobody saw that coming a huge night for crown women's basketball. Yeah, I, I just went back into our messages because you sent me the screenshot of the box score and I didn't even figure it out right away. And then all of a sudden I realized it and was like, oh my goodness, you just put up 45 points. You know, it was surprising that they got the win. But then when I saw that, I almost didn't believe it at first because 45, no matter who you are, is just a ridiculous number. And it was efficiency too. 16 for 23 from the field, hit a couple threes, 11 for 15 at the line. And like you said, chipping in in other ways, she has definitely caught our attention there's no question about that all right now moving over to the men's side of things and we didn't even officially mark this down before we started recording but why didn't i just both said okay i think we know where this is going yep (laughs) so i hope i'm right here because otherwise uh you're gonna burn me on the spot if you will this one also taking place a week ago wednesday the 10th northwestern men's hoops home opener on the season a narrow victory against the Hamlin Pipers and leading the way for the Eagles, the super senior, the old man, if you will, Noah Alm. 35 points, a double-double as well with 10 boards to lead the way in that department for Northwestern. They needed all of it to beat Hamlin 69-68, including a go-ahead jumper from Alm with under 10 seconds to go. And Wyatt, I was privileged enough to be in the building that night for that matchup. And I tell you what, It was quite the first half from Noah. I believe he had 22 in the opening half, so only 13 in the second half. But I think what was most impressive about his performance was the second half, Wyatt, because Hamlin clearly changed their defense coming into the second half, had a plan for how to shut him down, trying to face guard him, not give him a touch. 
he had to work so hard away from the ball, running hard off of multiple ball screens from teammates, catching it on the run, trying to get the opposition on his hip instead of right in his face, had a couple of big-time finishes through contact to get to the free-throw line and complete some three-point plays. And as I said, the Eagles needed all of it. So these high outputs, Wyatt, are impressive whenever they happen, and we've seen a couple of them from Noah Alm. He holds Northwestern's program record for points in a single game. He had the record a couple years ago, and then he broke his own record last year at Minnesota Morris. He didn't have quite that many on Wednesday. It looked like he maybe could have threatened it, but the reason I bring all this up is to say big performances are impressive, but how often do we see him, Wyatt, come in a convincing victory? Oh, you won by double digits. It wasn't stressful down the stretch of the game. The Eagles were trailing down the stretch, looking like they may not be able to have enough to beat Hamlin. They needed each and every bucket they could get from him, and then winning time, you knew when the Eagles got the rebound, dribbling it down the floor, Noah was going to find his comfy spot. Just a step or two inside the three-point line on the right wing, you knew he was going to pull up, and as soon as it left his hand, I mean, how many times, White, have you and I seen it in the Erickson Center? If he shoots it from that spot and he has space, you can just wait for the shot to go through the net and for the crowd to go wild. You know it's going to go in. Yeah, you, you, you definitely, you got it right. We've seen it time and time again. I mean, he just finds ways to hit those shots. That was all incredible. That's not what I was thinking about, though. Are you kidding me? What were you thinking about? No, nah, I'm just messing with you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. I had to see if I could get a little rise out of you there for a second. No, I that... want you to pull up another one. You had a different performance. <laughs> no, no, no. That was it. 35 points. I mean more than worthy of a shout out and how many times have we seen him just find ways to score and again efficient I don't remember what his final stat line was it wasn't efficient like Urbino was by any means but it was still efficient and he can do it in different ways the pull up from three just finding ways to create off the dribble catch and shoot so he's a very dangerous player again very good chance he could win the conference player of the year award so something to continue to monitor as we move forward but yeah that's a huge win for Northwestern too just from a confidence standpoint I feel like Ryan I mean you're able to get that win against a Mayak school after having uh, your your first two games you split those getting that win I think was extremely important for Northwestern's confidence and to continue to build forward as the season progresses so certainly a big time performance from him if you don't have anything else to say, first of all, yeah, again, shout out to those two, Urbina and Alm, you have caught our attention. If you don't have anything else to say, we can get into my surprise feature now of the night for you. I know you've been looking forward to it. I'm ready for it. I got to admit, I am a little nervous. I'm going in totally blind, folks. I have no idea what's coming, but uh, let, let's go. I'm ready. Well, and, and first of all, I just want you to be aware that Minnesota is currently in double overtime with Princeton. What? You're a big, okay, don't you're tell a big me Gophers. You're a yes, big Gophers I fan. Before we started recording, I was watching it earlier tonight. Uh, I will be watching the end of it okay. later tonight. I have well, I won't say anything, but you're, you're, yeah. you you already know it's going to double overtime. But already, I mean, you a Ben Johnson fan? You a believer? I mean, we'll see how it goes. The expectations aren't super high from those on the outside. I understand the higher I get, the higher I'm kind of wait and see on him. I mean, I don't mind him at this point, but uh, looking to see what he can do when we actually get to the real games, if you will, because the Big Ten, you know, Wyatt, that is a tough, tough conference, probably the best in college basketball. So we'll see how he cuts his teeth when we get to Big Ten play. For sure. All right, let's get into what I'm going to call, and I've told you this before that this was an idea. I didn't tell you I was going to do it. We're going to do a little buy or sell right now, Ryan. I've come up with a few questions, and I want you to decide if you're buying it or selling it, and then we'll get out of here with this edition of the podcast. So if you're ready, we'll jump into the first one. 
We're going to talk about the guy that we just spoke of, spoke on for a little bit, Noah Alm. And I'm going to ask you, if I were to tell you he is going to break his own record once again this year for points in game, are you buying that or would you sell that at this point in time early in the season after his latest performance? I'll buy it. I think there's some point in the season where he could drop, what would it be, 40? Now now I'm second-guessing myself. Would it have to be 43-plus? See, I think it was 42 is what he had for the record, correct? Yeah, and so then, he'd have to go 43. So it was 41 against Bethany, then 42 against Morris, so then he would have to go for 43. But again, we could be wrong, which I guess is sad considering this is a podcast about UMAC basketball, no, no, and we no, should no. know that. But And we're Northwestern guys, and we'll have yes. it in one second here. I got it in one second. It would have to be 43. The record is 42. He'd have to get 43. And you're buying it. I'm buying it. It's gonna it's gonna happen at some point, and especially after the performance we saw against Hamlin, it very easily could not happen. But I'd rather be buying than selling on that one. Yes, I think he will drop forty three plus somewhere this season. I can't say I necessarily blame you for buying that because we know what he's capable of, and when he gets going, it's it's like Johnny Juzang for the Bruins, you know, or everything <laughs> just seems to find the net. That was a heck of a game the other night, by the way, UCLA Villanova. But anyways. He'll buy that one. Moving on, we'll go back over to the women's side. We touched on this one a little bit, and I said I might talk about this one, and sure enough, we're going to. With the news about Northwestern and with the way North Central has started their season and now Bethany took their first loss of the year, if I told you North Central should be the favorite at the top based on what we've seen so far, would you buy that or sell it? You're saying the favorite as in to win the conference. Yep, ahead of Northwestern and Bethany where they've itched themselves in the first two weeks like they should be the favorite, just a little bit higher than those two. They've looked real good, Wyatt, but I'm sorry I'm selling that one. I can't buy that one. Just because of, of Bethany, I'm Bethany. assuming? Until somebody knocks them off, Geisfeld's been really impressive to start the season. I don't think we've mentioned this yet, Wyatt, but last Friday, Bethany took down a top 20 team in the country. Yeah. They beat UW Oshkosh, who was 17 in the nation. Now, we should mention they followed it up with a tough loss their first of the season to St. Ben's on Saturday. But at the same time, they've shown it to start the year. And again, we'll keep asking the question with Abby Olson, but they get her back. I mean, they're even more dangerous. So until somebody knocks them off, I think they have to be the favorite. And that's not even a shot at North Central. You know they want to get back to the final and have another crack at Bethany. They beat them on their home floor to finish last season. And Coach Bruner and his club got something great brewing this year, but I, I'm having to sell that one. I think Bethany's the favorite right now. Again, I'm not going to disagree or say you're wrong by any means. It's, Please it's, do. These are, do no, 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 no. I mean, the reason I ask the question is I think you can easily make a case that they could be or should be favored. But again, we know what Bethany is capable of, and I could see that one going either way. I could also see the one about Noel Alm going either way because, I mean, when you think about it, 43 points is a ridiculous amount of scoring. So... Uh, I'm not going to blame you for picking either one of those. If I actually think that there's a clear-cut answer on something and you give the opposite, you know me. I'm going to be straight-up honest with you and tell you. But I tried to steer these questions so that they're about 50-50 or close to. So, no, don't worry. You're doing you're doing just fine. Moving on to the third one here for you. We talked are, about... Are these supposed to get harder as we go? No, I, I, to be honest, there was no rhyme or reason for the order okay. that I chose to put these into. I just am kind of going here. but um, And I came up with most of these here as uh, b- before we got on and started recording this. So not a whole lot of preparation. But anyways, we talked about UMAC versus Mayak. So far, 10 and 9, the UMAC is over the Mayak. That's both men's and women's combined. 
If I told you the UMAC is going to end with a winning record over the Mayak once it's all said and done for this season, are you buying or selling that? I have to buy it. How am I going to sell that? I mean, with the podcast that we're on and how we're juicing up the UMAC, and for good reason we are, I have to buy that. I think there's some very winnable ones. I mean, on the day that this drops, there's some winnable games with Crown at McAllister, North Central going to St. Olaf, Martin Luther going to Hamlin, and then there's more of them down the road that I won't get into, but... Yeah, they're going to end up on top. It's going to be real close, like it is right now, but we're going to continue to keep track. And, Wyatt, you're the one who started it, so I'll say again, you'll keep making the tallies because you assigned it. And I think they will end up on top when it's all said and done. You might have to fact check me, though, as far as making sure I'm doing it correct. I'll do it, but I'm just saying if I get one or two wrong, don't we'll be both surprised. Be so, at it for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on it moving forward. So. All right, that leads me to the last one now, Ryan, here. I only came up with four of them, but we'll bring this back here as we move forward. But I figured it'd be a good time to release it since we didn't have any guests on the podcast this week. But the fourth one I've got for you, we're going to go back over to the men's side of things, and we're going to take a look at Minnesota Morris here, okay? 14 conference games this year, correct? Because now that Scholastica's out, there's only eight teams in the conference, and you play everybody twice. I'm getting that correct, right? Should be the case, but as you're talking, I'll uh, count games on the schedule. Here okay, just make sure. Like I said, yep. I, I said literally 30 seconds ago, you might have to fact check me on some stuff. And sure enough, here we go right away. But anyways, assuming that is the case, Minnesota Morris over under conference wins. Let's say I, I'm going to say they're going to go. I was trying to think of what the right number would be. Let's say seven conference wins. They go seven and they're going to win at least seven conference games this season, so they go 500 or better. Are you buying or selling that? Well, for context, shortened season last year, they went three and five. But again, that's not as big of a sample size, more normal season this They'd be year. just below it then, based on that, let's say, if we were to factor that in. Based on that win percentage, they would be. I'm, I'm taking into consideration some more notes here, trying to figure out. I had Morris as the number seven out of eight teams in the UMAC. So I'm going to assume you're going to sell that into this season. So if that's where I have them, then you'd have to think that I'm going to say that they're below five. Has anything (laughs) changed though in the two weeks, I guess I would say from when the season has started. Hey, I will give them a shout out. We know how good Nebraska Wesleyan's been over the last chunk of years wide and Ashley ranked club. Yeah, they lost this past Saturday, but they put up 92. I mean, we, what did we say about them coming into the year? Wyatt? They got some scoring. The question is defensively. They had Mm -hmm. some huge numbers against him last year. We mentioned Noah Alm a little bit ago. He's the one who dropped 42 on them on the road. The big question is, can they defend? But, I mean, Carlin's experience, Johnson's experience. We know Dylan Hyder can put up big numbers. He did it in a matchup against Bethany last season. So, I'm going to say just barely. It'd be buying if I think they're going to win 8-plus. It'd be selling if I think they're going to win 6 or fewer, correct? Seven. I'm just saying seven. Like if okay, buying that they're gonna get seven or more, yeah, or six or fewer. So I'm selling. I think it's six or fewer. Interesting start to the season for them. They are scoring. They did get the Mayak on the board in the first UMAC v Mayak matchup in that tight win against Concordia Moorhead a couple of weeks ago. We're pulling for you guys. If you hear this, prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But based on what I predicted in the preseason. I'm going to have to say sell by just a little bit. But reminder, Wyatt, before we start UMAC play next month, 
We're going to go back to that exercise. We're going to re-rank our one through eight, see if there's any changes on the men's and women's side of things. But I'm going to have to say I'm going to sell on the Cougars winning seven or more in UMAC play this year. And it is indeed 14 matchups, I counted. I think they can get there. I think, uh, what if I said six? You think they could get to six or are you still selling? I'm just You're curious. You're my arm. I'm just, uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, give me it. Yeah, give me five and a half, six, and maybe maybe I'm buying them. Okay, because I mean, when you look at it, let let's look at where you put them seven. I don't think I had them that low by any means, but I don't know if you. you I was gonna say I didn't. Yeah, but anyways, if I'm just looking at the opportunities, they could sweep. Let's say a Northland. You're high on Martin Luther. Let's say they can sweep them though, maybe, and then they split with like a Superior and a Crown. That's six right there. And then you just got to steal one from one of what we would consider the top three. So it's not that easy to get those first six, as you mentioned. I know we're. Just, I know it's not. I'm just saying just theoretically, looking, yeah, though. Yeah, you you had Morris at number six for the okay. record. So, so I had him a little bit higher. Martin Luther and Northland is the only ones behind them. But you know, number six, you could squeak near 500, but you're probably a little bit behind 500 if you're six out of eight teams. But well, and like I said, if I had them in front of Martin Luther and Northland, let's say they can sweep those two and then just split with the two above them in Superior and Crown, just leaves one more that you got to find there. So I'm not saying that it's it's a for sure thing you're going to happen. I think it's definitely doable, though. So I think seven, six and a half is about that right number for them. But we'll see as the season progresses. And like well, you said, Ryan, if they hear this, hopefully they can use that as motivation. I'll flip it on you real quick, Wyatt. I mean, you asked if my opinion of them has changed at all from when we did our season preview. Has your opinion changed? I think we predicted it pretty well. They're scoring yeah. all great. Yeah, they can score. And I think it's a question. And I think it's a little too early to say for sure what their defense is going to look like. There's some time here before UMAC play starts. And I think, like you said, we'll reevaluate it when we get to that point and then just kind of go from there. But I'd say it's a little too early to say if if we know enough about them as a defensive team this year and just what they're going to be able to do. Because, again, that, that is what it's going to come down to for them. They have to get stops, and can they show that they can do that in big situations down the stretch in games? Yeah, something to chew on for sure. So with that, Ryan, unless you have any closing thoughts here, that about wraps it up, I think, for this this episode. But So I'm not on the hot seat anymore. I can that's. Down now. That is it. That's the buy or sell. And don't worry, I'm not keeping track of these. It's just a little fun thing to look at and maybe see, uh, you know, what 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 other people think. Maybe maybe we'll get some messages from people saying what they think off of this. You know, direct message us on Twitter. Unlike any other, the UMAC email us uao the umac at gmail dot com. So I mean, there's ways to get a hold of us. Maybe they have a say in this as well. But I don't so, know. So rolling forward, real quickly, Wyatt, how does this work? Do you keep throwing these at me every week or does it flip the other way where i have to have four buy or sell questions for you next week and then we keep track sounds, for each of us back and forth sounds like a production meeting should take place <laughs> off the air here and we can talk about that one and discuss right. it but People i'm up for whatever yep. yeah they'll just have to wait we got to keep some suspense somehow so uh with that feel free to reach out to us like i said our dms are always open and uh, we're looking forward as this season continues to progress forward. Like I said, you won't want to miss the next episode. It's going to be a full slate. That one will drop on the 24th Wednesday at some point. And again, let us know if you have other people or guests that you want us to interview in upcoming episodes. But we really are starting to get into the thick of it here as we move forward and get closer 
to conference play. Don't forget to download that episode, whichever one you may be listening to, so you can listen anytime, anywhere. Subscribe, give us a rating, leave a review, whatever you want to do. But you can find us pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts. Obviously, the main ones are Apple and Spotify. So with that, we hope you have a great rest of your day or night whenever you're listening to this great week. We've got a great weekend of games coming up, so we'll be keeping an eye. We hope you are as well. And we'll see you next time on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast.